everyone. Welcome to your newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your host, myself, Laura Matsu, and my husband, Bernhard Gunther. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about organic humans versus transhumanism, the timeline split. So these two emerging timelines that we're seeing come as we deepen into our cycle of Pluto in Aquarius. So we're really going to talk about Basically, these recent developments we've seen with Neuralink, with the new Apple Vision Pro. So the, for those who are, haven't heard of this, Neuralink is this microchip that you can implant into your brain. They just did the first human trials. It's Elon Musk's project. And then you can basically control technology with your thoughts. And then the Apple Vision Pro is these um, goggles that you wear, which is basically like wearing a iPhone or a computer on your uh, face. And it just came out, I think, a couple weeks ago now. Um, so these are the, the new latest innovations in technology, in AI that we've been seeing coming out. It's been really accelerating as Pluto entered Aquarius. So it's clear the transhumanist agenda, uh, agenda is really ramping up. So how can we adjust to these rapidly changing times without falling onto one side of the camp, which is like just embracing these and not seeing any problem with walking around wearing goggles on your head or rejecting technology altogether. So we want to find the balance between the two and discuss what that could be in this podcast. We're going to talk about this religion of transhumanism, which seems to be gaining popularity, um, namely this idea that you can live forever, that you don't have to ever age, you don't have to ever die, um, chasing after the fountain of youth, merging man with machine in many ways to achieve that. We're going to talk about the splitting of humanity, how there seems to be two distinct timelines emerging out of this that manifest in different ways. We're going to share to you what timelines are personally and collectively how can we align with different realms depending on our own frequency and other aspects of our being and the choices we make? Um, what are these two splits between these two main timelines we see happening right now? So we're going to call that organic humans and transhumans. Um, discuss more about the transhumanist agenda. And we're going to talk about the importance of embodiment and understanding of spiritual science to counteract this increasingly technological and transhumanist era. But before we get into that, um, just a quick announcement. We've had people ask us when the next round of Embodied Soul Awakening is, which is our 14-week program in psycho-spiritual self-work. So we plan on opening the wait, uh, taking registration for people on the waiting list soon for the April round. So if you want to join us for the next round and you want to get notified when we first open registration, go to the thetimeoftransition.com. So thetimeoftransition.com. And there's a link there to sign up to the waiting list. And if you do want to join us the next round, we do highly recommend signing up to the waiting list because we tend to sell out, I would say, close to 80, 90, sometimes even 100% of the program based on people who are on the waiting list alone, meaning we don't even have that much time to talk about it on social media or other platforms because um, we already fill it up basically based on people on the waiting list. So if you want to join us, go to thetimeoftransition.com and we're going to start another round in April. 
Okay, so where Makes should sense. we begin? I think with just we need to define what are timelines. Yeah, so let's talk about this. Okay, organic humans versus digital humans, the timeline split or timeline reality split, as I've called it. Um, followers of my work know I have written an article about this very topic already eight years ago in 2016 called Time, The Timeline Reality Split Frequency Vibration and the Hidden Forces of Life. So you can check that out on my website, uh, veilofreality.com. Uh, but what is it? Different timelines. Different timelines relates to different reality realms, right? People experience and uh, based on their frequency, resonance, vibration, which we talk about, the level of being, soul being. It ties a little bit into reality creation, but we don't want to confuse that with this oversimplified new age type of uh, reality creation of just thinking certain thoughts or aligning your emotions, thoughts, whatever, with certain desires. This is not what we're talking about, and it will become clear as we go along. But uh, we inhabit basically different reality realms based on the so-called frequency, resonant vibration, inherent beliefs, level of soul embodiment, and also based on polarizations and the choices we make. Very, very important. And so there is a choice to be made. And we have talked about this before. And it's better to make the choice consciously because everybody is making the choice even consciously or unconsciously. There's no basically sitting on the sidelines. And just to set the stage, I really want to give props and um, and quote Tom Montag uh, from one of his articles, which he already talked about back in 2005, uh, his article, uh, what was it called? Reality, Timeline Reality Realms. You can find it on his website too. And it goes as follows. The polarization phenomenon begins with mutual disinterest between individuals of uncommon paths. There may be confrontation and separation, or circumstance may simply bring a gentle parting of ways. But as time goes on and people gather in their most harmonious collective realms, the chasm between these realms will run so deep that eventually even the collective sharing of perception and experience will be severed. The learning requirements of each collective realm may become so mutually contradictory that they can no longer share the same space, the same timeline, the same density. That would entail a timeline split. Each major realm following a different trajectory into the future that best accommodates the collective learning needs of its inhabitants. What tills the cup remains to be seen. So it's interesting. I just want to comment on that. He wrote this back in 2004. Five and even uh, ask the question, what tilts the cup remains to be seen. And it's very obvious, especially over the past four years, what is tilting the cup, which we've seen with the pandemic, um, this polarization between, even on some level between extreme left and, and the right, but this, it goes way beyond the political level, but also especially with the medical treatment, you know, COVID and all of that, what we have seen, that is part of this timeline reality split. And now, as Laura just mentioned, and we see it very obviously, that's the reason why we want to have this episode when Pluto moved into Aquarius, the transhumanism agenda, the technology is advancing more and more, and it's inevitable that will, our reality will become more digitized. So basically what we're saying is that during COVID, we saw two very distinct timelines emerge based on people's beliefs, the choices they made, their level of soul embodiment, and there was a deeper 
chasm, as Tom Montauk said, between these two realms, that even the collective sharing of space, even being able to be around these people became severed. It became even more difficult to be around these people because there was such a wider chasm that wasn't there before. And I'm not saying that any person who fell for the agenda, I guess you could say, you can no longer share space with. That's not the case. But there might be a certain intimacy that changed in certain friendships because of what's happened over the past few years where you might just not even bump into these people. You might not even happen to be interested in the same things, interested in the same topics. Um, there might be even changes in level of being, changes of consciousness, which makes it so that you no, no longer happen to want to share space or even happen across these people. So this happens in more subtle ways and then more obvious ways via the choices we make. Meaning, you know, as I know for myself, for example, when I started getting into psycho-spiritual work that created a bit of a split timeline-wise between my friends, my old friends and I, because I no longer could share to them about certain topics I was interested in. It felt like they were part of an old life. So I think a lot of people can go through this, not only in the past few years, but you can also go through this process on the path of awakening as your level of being changes as your embodiment changes, as the choices you make, the interests you have change, and then you can almost enter a different trajectory than the one that you were formerly on. That's the way that I see it is that timeline is like you're on this almost like single trajectory, you know, that could go a certain way if you stay on that timeline, but then you make different choices, you get into certain practices, you do deeper inner work that changes your being, and all of a sudden you're on another timeline that puts you on a way different trajectory that you may not share with the people who the original uh, who the original trajectory were on the same trajectory as you before, basically. Yeah, thank you so much for clarifying this very well said. It reminds me of something you wrote as well, you can inhibit, you can be around certain people, but live in a different reality. What was that uh, post yeah, you made once? Yeah, uh, it went very viral. It was in yeah. 2020. Uh, never has it become more apparent than it has become in the last year that you could be standing next to another person and be in an entirely different reality. So that's basically it, on a different timeline. <laughs> yes, right? exactly. Sense. That was what I was alluding to. Exactly. So and it becomes more obvious. And thank you for um, pointing out that this is also quote-unquote natural process, the splitting of humanity based on spiritual evolution, even without the craziness of what's happened, what, which happened over the past few years. As Laura rightly mentioned, when you're engaged in sincere inner work, um, spiritual awakening, and the process of individuation, you naturally get on a different trajectory, timeline trajectory than the consensus mainstream. Yeah, and I have to say that's the most profound way is when your level of being changes, the timeline you're entering will radically change. So you can make all the external changes you want, change your political orientation, change your you know cognitive beliefs, but if your level of being changes, yes. that tends to create the most radical timeline shift. Thank you for saying that. So that's why, again, I want to really emphasize that this is different and actually has nothing to do with this new age idea of you create your own reality based on whatever you visualize, want to manifest, align your emotions of certain scenarios. That's not what, it, what it's based on. It's based on level of being and frequency resonance vibration, which the new age has also distorted. We'll talk about it shortly, what it's really about. But that's a key point. And also want to say it's also, <clears throat> excuse me, different timeline. 
we talk about different timelines, you know, as we see as part of humanity is pushed towards a digitized path, right? That ties into the hyperdimensional agenda and all of that and the takeover of humanity will address that even more so in the second hour. But the organic path towards awakening, it does not mean there's this whole idea of uh, saying that, oh, we're going to ascend to 5D. It's kind of a new age term as well. And people literally believe they're going to live in a different reality removed in heaven or even on a different planet. That's not what we're talking about as well. We're still living all together in on this planet here, but on different trajectories. It's hard for the mind to conceptualize, but it's becoming more obvious within your own inner life. Yes. So you want me to read this quote uh, also by Lisa Renee? Yeah, that ties also another one to set the stage. I also quoted her in my in my article, Timeline Reality Split. And yeah, go ahead. So she says, the split is occurring between timelines which govern our continued consciousness, energy, expression on this earth plane and is, and is moving into future time. The bifurcation of time is forcing a direction which will accelerate volatile change in areas as well as people that are energetically stagnant or regressive. This change in the nature of timelines pushes humanity to make choices from the mental attitudes that have been formed from the worldview perception and level of consciousness. So they're making choices from their worldview, from their level of consciousness. Thus, the choice is made between the negative ego layers or the spiritualized higher self. The lower the quality of overall energy, the more unstable and disconnected the personal and environment on experience on Earth will become. That actually also aligns with what David Hawkins says, mm-hmm. where he says that basically below the frequency of 200 is one of disempowerment and above 200 is one of empowerment. And when you're below 200, you tend to attract more unstable and chaotic circumstances into your life, basically. Um, and she says the higher quality of overall energy, the more stable and connected the personal and environment experience on earth will become so there's a harmonizing effect of being above 200 which david hawkins also spoke about um that pressure of force being applied in the planetary energy field is resulting in accumulative intensity and extreme polar polarity amplification when the extreme polarity of combined forces that exist together within a collective energy field reaches its apex, a split occurs. That's pretty much what we're seeing now. This is called the point of divergence within the fixed point in the field in a range of possibilities of which a bifurcation of time transpires. Those who are left unaware or refuse to take responsibility for negative ego behaviors and perpetuating lower fundamental frequency will undergo extreme pressure to change. That pressure will amplify in all directions and feel volatile. So it is very important to pay attention, choose wisely, and not allow oneself to be carried off aimlessly by the powerful world of forces into a destructive direction. The choice is with each individual. Key point. So you can't do this for other people. You can do this within yourself. That's a key point. Um, As more people undergo the bifurcation of time, this will start to gather and attract similar people with similarly resonating frequencies to form into a group consciousness or consensus realities. So, I mean, the simplest way to put this is one thing I noticed when I used to take like the subway and public transportation a lot is depending on the mood that I left my house in was depending on the kind of people I would come across. So like if I did my own spiritual practice and put myself in a good place before I left, 
I would attract very harmonious, synchronicitous, synchronicitous experiences. It would feel very in flow. If I was in a bad mood, if I was like just not feeling good or feeling unwell or just grumpier, and then I would also attract much of the same. So this works in a more macro and micro level all the time, basically. And it doesn't mean that every single person you come across is a reflection of your frequency. It's just almost a general like flow of, of things, the way that we organize our collective uh, as collective groups. Yeah. No, it's really fascinating because again, I wrote this article eight years ago where I quoted Tom Montag as well with my own thoughts around it and Lisa Rene who wrote this I believe 2015 so what everybody written here and alluded to is obviously very obvious <laughs> right now looking at the past three or four years and it's intensifying but one of the things she also mentioned he has very important to understand uh, quote those who are left unaware or refuse to take responsibility for negative ego behaviors is basically <clears throat> excuse me for your shadow projections, triggers. For not doing inner work. For not doing inner work, basically, right? And perpetuating the law of fundamental frequency, meaning just reacting mechanically of your lower nature, will undergo extreme pressure to change, meaning they experience even more pressure, which will result, we have talked about this before, in more disintegration and people literally losing it, becoming psychotic, mental, and mentally ill. And mentally ill and, and, to relieve the pressure valve, they will project it more onto other people or the other side. Yeah. Right? It has to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere. It will either go into the body and then manifest as some sort of psychological or even physical illness, or it'll be projected onto the world, which will also create um, yeah. disharmony in their relationships. And I don't care what political spectrum they're on, left, middle, right, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. As long as you do not do this inner work, right? And disown, uh, not disown, own your projections, retrieve them, do the inner work to make your shadow conscious. So you use the pressure inwards, as it's called in esoteric science, to burn the fire of transmutation by, <clears throat> excuse me, by not giving in to the temptation to project externally, you actually transmute your inner being and connect to your true selves, bring the psyche being the soul to the front. That's a transmutation. That's how you align, as she says, then with the higher self yes. and the higher values. So it's this, it's a battle also over soul versus ego. Well, yeah, and that's also this Aquarius archetype is the ultimate evolution of the Aquarius archetype is to be individuated, to be connected to the true self. On the shadow side, it is psychological shock, fragmentation, splitting, like you become yes. psychologically fractured to the point where you're just completely disorientated. You don't know who you are anymore. And it's insanity and mental illness is also part of the shadow side of the Aquarius archetype. So, you know, we could see a lot of people potentially, I think we're seeing it already, if I'm just observing what I see sometimes on social media, is they're psychologically disintegrating because they're not taking responsibility for what needs to be done internally. Yeah, even within the so-called, we've talked about this before, the so-called truth movement and the black-pilled agenda and everybody freaking out that everybody's a psyop controlled up and uh, very much based on lack of emotional intelligence and people just protecting on projecting on each not other. Not only that, I see a lot of people share on you know on I see I've seen multiple threads of people on Twitter being like, oh my god, I can't sleep. I'm waking up. I'm in fight or flight. I feel like something bad's gonna happen. You know, they're obviously, in my view, in a state of hypervigilance and chronic dysregulation. 
and stress and it's now affecting their sleep and their ability to focus. And a lot of people I notice are not recognizing, okay, these are actually signs of trauma, of dissociation, of that you've gone through something traumatic and something needs to be looked at. So, you know, I think we need to really become aware of what happened over the past few years and how that can affect us. Yeah. Okay, let's now look more in detail on the practical level. What is this timeline reality split based on? The splitting of humanity, right? Which, by the way, also many other esoteric spiritual traditions have talked about, even Sri Aurobindo and the mother hinted at the splitting of humanity. Why? Because number one, Not everyone is here to quote-unquote awaken during this cycle because there are different soul levels with literally now over 8 billion people on the planet. We have to understand that, right? And there's nothing wrong with it. That's just as part of the bigger picture of the evolution of consciousness over lifetimes and lifetimes. And there's some older souls, some younger souls. Again, no judgment. Nothing is, nobody's better or worse. But there are different soul lessons. And I want to also go back to what Tom Montag said, you know, um, that it's all about learning lessons. It's not a, a, a value judgment in terms of who's better or worse. So we need to be really careful with that. And just to differentiate, awakening is also not being aware of what's going on in the world and all the agendas and all the psyops. We're yes. talking about awakening to your true nature and ultimately uniting the soul with the divine. It's not anything based on your external beliefs. Exactly, not some informational awareness of how you think the matrix works. Exactly, very important point. And number two, also the, ties into number one, the quality and level of being. What is level of being? Good, you've talked about this a lot, many other esoteric traditions. That's your level of soul development. Basically, in a nutshell, how much one is, you're connected already to essence and the true self and the soul and your true essence, the higher self, is in charge, is the master as opposed to the conditioned or wounded ego personality. So that also ties into frequency vibration, which I touched on shortly. Number three, and what we're seeing right now, and that ties into the topic of this podcast, spiritual connection versus materialism, or organic versus digital uh, evolution, so to speak, because we are in the age of materialism, right? And many people do not have a spiritual connection, let alone any connection, aspiration to the divine. A lot of people um, deny the divine, are atheists, hardcore materialists. And when I talk about the age of materialism, again, it doesn't imply to um, judge money as evil or anything materialistic as evil. That's the other trap of the aesthetic religions and all of that. No, it's it's part of life. It's not black and white, but it's need to be grounded in a spiritual connection. Well, the, re the belief of materialism goes beyond what we need to differentiate that from materialistic Uh, you know, exactly. uh, values like, you know, just believing that like money and a nice car or whatever will make you happy. That's an aspect of materialism. But materialism basically states that anything that we can't uh, detect with a scientific instrument or detect with the five senses is not real. So etheric energy is not real. Um, you know, quantum energy is not real. Like, so it's basically anything with the scientific method or that can be termed with the five senses is real. And spiritual energy, that's just woo-woo, like garbage, basically. Exactly, exactly. So that's, that's we talked about this, the importance of, um, of having a spiritual science, because wherever there's a spiritual vacuum, that's where other forces can hijack that vacuum and occupy that within humans. Uh, and last but not least, what is the timeline reality split based on? Also, the COVID mRNA vaccine. 
and even future pharmaceutical medicine medicines based on mRNA technology will get people more and more entrenched on the path of transhumanism, which this is a big topic in itself and that will go deeper in part two of this podcast. And also, it's not just pharmaceuticals. I also want to say that I think that technologies like Neuralink, where you're literally putting microchips in and you're merging man with machine, yes. is really the ultimate goal, is to like actually merge man physically with machine. Yeah, exactly. The more the body is altered through these artificial insertions in order to make the physical machine more quote-unquote perfect the more the soul will reject the body and that ties into dislodging of the soul soul snatching and the occult hyperdimensional agenda which we'll then touch upon as as well but this is very important to understand that the, the splitting is not just also based on some matrix transhumanist agenda and the alien invasion through our bodies, which I've talked about, but it's also a natural process. We have to really understand that because, again, not everyone is here to, quote-unquote, spiritually awaken during the cycle. Right? At some point in the distant future, maybe hundreds and thousands of years in the, quote-unquote, linear time in the future, collective humanity will all be awoken you know, in alignment of divine will, but we are definitely not there yet. Okay, so I've talked about a lot about frequency resonance vibration, how this splitting is also based on that idea of frequency vibration. And obviously, this term in itself has different meanings based on different teachings, especially in the New Age. And I'm not talking about frequency, that you raise your frequency by just thinking positive thoughts and, and visualization, all of that. No. Um, your frequency resonance, by, by resonance vibration is partly comprised of your conscious, Yes, uh, there are two thoughts, feelings, and impressions, but it is the vast minority. The vast majority that constitutes your frequency resonance vibration, which ties into a level of being, is comprised of your unconscious stuff, which includes your shadow, right? Based on Jungian work, uh, anything you have suppressed, you're not aware of. The subconscious, including feelings, you suppress and are not aware of. It is also based on um, unconscious beliefs you're not aware of, your unconscious karma based on the universal law of cause and effect going over lifetimes and universal forces acting through you, the forces of nature, other beings and forces that constantly permeate our being. It is also based on how much your soul or true self is able to come through. We talked about this before, right? Would you really have access to that? and not make the ego personality run the show. So that's why I want to really emphasize that just changing your beliefs, thoughts, or emotions and trying to raise your vibrations with a smiley face or affirmations or just positive thinking um, <clears throat> doesn't really change your frequency vibration on a fundamental level. It can help to a degree working through resistance and whatnot. I don't want to throw the baby the bathwater, but that's not what I'm talking about in terms of the awakening process. Right, there needs to be a deep alignment and change of quote unquote frequency. So that's is what I mean by frequency resonance vibration. Yeah, and that and your level of being dictates the timeline that you enter. Your level of being dictates the friends that you have, the situations yeah. that you encounter. Exactly, it affects everything. And so, and this is not something that you just envision. Or like I'm just going to envision myself in 5D and being happy all the time. <laughs> 
You actually do it by making what's unconscious conscious, seeing your conditioned patterns. If we're going to talk about individuation, individuation be begins with a deconditioning process. So what are the ancestral patterns, the patterns you picked up in your family of origin, which are not in alignment with your true self? And it's about releasing those conditioning. Well, let me actually rephrase that. It's releasing the conditioning patterns that get in the way of the expression of your authentic self and keeping the ones that serve you. So in the deconditioning process, you're also going through a sorting process. You're not just like throwing it all away. Maybe there's an aspect of your creativity, which you had since childhood, which you want to make sure you bring forward, for example. You don't just eliminate all these sources of conditioning. You go through them and make sure that they're ones that are not in alignment with your authentic self or are, are, you've gotten rid of. Um, okay. So what do you want to talk want, about next? Just to add one more thing to that, because think of it even logically. What's the part of the new that vibrates on the highest frequency? It's obviously your true self, yes. your connection to the divine, your soul being, your essence, self with a capital S. So how do we raise the frequency? It's not about, you know, that's how this work gets construed and people work on the false self. They're trying to perfect the false self or raise the frequency of the ego. They're trying is, to create right? a better false persona, exactly. basically. But as you just rightly said, we need to remove all that's in the way of the true self. Yes, exactly. And I think that. a lot of people actually get involved in both psychological and sometimes spiritual self-work because they have this perfect image of the person that they want to become. So they've created this perfect idealized new false self to replace their old wounded false self, yes. but it's still the false self. It's yeah. still not tapping into the authentic authenticity of their true nature. So there's so many kind of sidesteps that I think that you can get on the way. And I think the path does get narrower um, as time goes on, but ties into spiritual bypassing, you know, and there, and, and I want to just really talk about these temptations too, because, you know, there's going to be this temptation that, you know, that they're going to offer us through transhumanism, like, okay, what if you can live forever? What if you can have the perfect body? Um, one thing I want to talk about, which a few people got very angry at me on Instagram for sharing about, is this AI relationship thing that we're seeing emerge. Not only can you get like an AI therapist now, you can get an AI guru, you can get like an AI, like any type of friend you've ever wanted. Any you, a girlfriend. You can get it in AI, <laughs> but now a woman actually, she, a Spanish woman, she actually married a hologram and she basically created a hologram generated by artificial intelligence based off of her former ex-boyfriends to, in her words, satisfy all her emotional needs. And so she basically created profiles from all her past relationships and then created an AI based off of it. And she calls it a AI Lex, basically. And so this is all about her relationship with this AI. She has an Instagram account called Hybrid Couples where she shows them cooking and dining together so next she, to her is like an holographic exactly and she even says in her own words love and sex with robots and holograms are an inevitable reality they are great companions and capable of expressing empathy just as phones saved us from loneliness and filled the void in our lives holograms as interactive presences in our homes can take it even further um 
So she says really that she's exploring the possibility of creating a first mortgage to purchase a holographic companion, as well as a house designed specifically to live in with a hologram and human being. So she's really like saying like, take out a mortgage so that you can design your perfect hologram boyfriend because then you'll never have to be lonely again. You're going to have the perfect companion, wow. basically. So that's the temptation. And she says, it's, and she really feels that it's inevitable. And I would actually argue that I agree with her, even though I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to go down this path myself. Mainly because if you look at like how, I think that the impact of the introduction of smartphones has been devastating in many ways to human relationships, like. They've helped people connect with people all over the world. I'm not saying that they've been altogether devastating, but there has been an impact. And I think we're seeing it mainly on the younger generation. And you hear stories, I hear lots of stories now of teachers these days of like these kids are addicted to smartphones. They barely know how to read. They barely know how to have a conversation with someone. They're not entering into any relationships. They don't have any friends. They just play video games all day or they're on TikTok all day. So people are already entering and replacing human relationships with their phones. This is just one little step beyond that, I feel. So I feel like we've already entered into this substitute world via being addicted to smartphones, being addicted to screens. This is just an inevitable step further, yeah. basically. So I'm curious what were what made people upset when you posted that? Oh, uh, they were just freaking out. Like anytime I anytime I criticize AI or I say what could be a danger of it, I get a bunch of people, honestly, in my view, infected by Watiko, literally just attacking me. Like, how dare you spread misinformation? How dare you spread fear? <laughs> like, are you saying someone even pulled out straw man arguments? Who said all AI is bad? I never said that. Yeah. So, you know, people, it's a very, it's a very testy topic I've noticed. And I don't know what it is. I personally feel from a spiritual level, there seems to be certain entities connected to this AI topic that when you speak about it, it actually takes people over and they get very angry about it. Yes. And I never say, I never take a polarized perspective on AI. We use AI all the time with email, with search engines and social media. It's already integrated into our lives. So I want to be very clear. And I have been very clear when I posted about it. I'm not anti-AI. It's just when it comes to the point where I can see human relationships disintegrating and then AI comes in to take its place. I don't think this is going to be the path of happiness and fulfillment for people. Yes. So let's address that. You know, since we talk about this, these two paths, the organic and digital path, but we want to be clear, we don't want to fall into extremes and now reject all technology and live in, you know, that's a whole knee-jerk rejection itself. Yeah. Because everything that's part of Pluto and Aquarius, everything needs to be spiritualized and technology can be our friend if we use it wisely, coming from an embodied place connected to essence. Yeah, what so level of consciousness are we using it with? Exactly. So the question you were alluding to, is all AI evil? No, it's not. Right? So you've got to check our own triggers. People, Some people are very technolo technologically phobic, you know, and then project their own issues into that as well. Yes. There's definitely dangers. We just mentioned some of them. But not all AI is evil. Like you said, we're already using it a lot. Technology, even now with our podcasts, you know, and certain software we use helps us to um, become more efficient. The spell check, you know what? I use a spell check program, which has become recently integrated with AI in the past year. But 
That being said, I throw out some of the suggestions it gives me because it sounds too robotic. I actually think that mm-hmm. what, the way that I write, which has a more personalized approach, <clears throat> sounds much better than a lot of the AI suggestions. So this is an example of like, you can use it. It definitely helps me with uh, punctuation a lot, but I'm not going to take its word suggestions. A lot of the words that I use doesn't even pick up. It doesn't even get what I'm trying to say, especially if I'm writing about astrology or spiritual topics. So AI is not computing stuff that my own human soul and mind is able to compute onto the page. So there's limitations of it. I think that will improve with time. But as of right now, you know, AI is not this perfect instrument. In fact, I can tell when people are writing things with AI on social media because it sounds very clinical and almost like a bit boring yeah, yeah the, the co- use, people use it for business copy pages and it's very obvious right it's i mean ai no matter how much advanced it gets will only able to mimic it cannot replace the human soul period and if you the more you're connected to your soul being the more you will know the difference having said that it's not black and white right so we don't really be careful not to demonize the whole thing and just get in a triggered projective identification kind of uh, um state of mind. Yeah. And I think it's important to like already, as I pointed out, is like, look at our relationship to the technology that we have, already. not even paying attention to the AI, you know, there's a hugely uh, like be, social media apps literally get human behavioral specialists who specialize in keeping people hooked on the app to design the user interface on the app to keep you addicted, to keep you scrolling. So we have to literally work against people who are using our psychology against us to become un, non, not addicted to these apps. Yeah. That's the main thing is that they're addictive for a reason. They're addictive not because you have poor self-control, not because you know of what some personality defect. They're addictive because they were designed to be addictive because they want you spending most of your time on these screens. So it's important that we set boundaries and limitations on how we use technology. And I would say one of the most important things is foster your human relationships and that begins actually with your relationship to yourself so if you have a healthy relationship with yourself if you're able to be intimate with yourself then you're going to be able to be intimate with other people and i think that's one thing that i see especially in the younger generations that they're losing is they don't know how to relate to themselves they don't know how to relate to other people anymore and you see relationships actually taking the biggest hit of the technological addiction and some people are worried that AI and the digitization and tech technologization of society takes away all these jobs. And I would say, yes, a lot of jobs will become obsolete. But mm-hmm. the part of it is also a natural process. At the same time, it also opens up immense opportunity for abundance, for entrepreneurship, for doing things you couldn't dream of doing a few years ago. We actually help people to become more like independent in themselves to do their own work if you're creative if you can approach it creatively which brings me to another point you know the trap of ai transhumanism and or even social media what lord has talked about is if we become mindless consumers so the question for you to ask is as well do you consume more than you create the way to counteract the transhumanism ai agenda and that digitized timeline is also to make conscious efforts to create uh, connect to your creative spirit yeah. right which is connected again to your true soul being and creativity it goes beyond just the typical of just making music art or, or whatever but being creative in life in play in your relationships right but you need to make an effort so put the mirror on yourself do you consume more uh, when you're on the internet or do you create more and maybe you need to step more into your creative spirit 
that's how you also stay connected to your true soul being. And that's how you counteract the fake AI transhumanism, uh, counterfeit uh, version of yourself, basically. Right. Yeah, and creativity, you know, is very powerful. I actually posted this quote by Marie von Franz the other day um, on on a um, Instagram, and she, she says, "People who have a creative side and do not live it out are the most disagreeable clients. They make a mountain out of a molehill, fuss about unnecessary things, are too passionately in love with somebody who is not worth so much attention, and so on. There is a kind of floating charge of energy in them which is not attached to its right object, and therefore tends to apply an exaggerated dynamism for the wrong situation. So you have like this free floating anxiety around you, and you're just like getting upset about what people say online." Like you're just wasting it on the wrong things, you know? So yeah. a lot of us have this creative energy that we don't recognize and it, we end up wasting it onto many like pointless things in our lives, you know? And it actually also reminds me of this quote from Gospel of Thomas. If you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you don't, do not bring forth what is within you, what you do, what, what you do not bring forth will destroy you basically. Exactly. So bringing forth what you have to offer the world connecting to your heart, putting your ideas into action, taking initiative, self-actualizing your creative gifts is actually the best way that you can use technology wisely. But what I see more people doing is kind of this free-floating consumption zone, just like desk scrolling and like they don't know why they feel bad after a day of like scrolling on social media and just reading people getting angry and triggered. Yeah. So it's that, just, that alone is already the trap for transhumanism agenda. Yeah. That's already, we've been conditioned like Pavlovian dogs to accept the transhumanist agenda. I, again, I've, I've talked about this before. One of the biggest epidemics is the diminishing sh short attention span. Yeah. Right? People cannot hold attention focus anymore. And then I see a lot of people get upset and they complain, or oh, I don't have enough money and this and that, and my life, I don't experience abundance. But they waste a lot of money. They've lost their ability to focus on what truly matters and engage in it to create something that's substantial and yeah. abundance and prosperity. Because for that, you need concentration, focus, and attention. And you gain focus in simple ways, but mainly like read a book for an hour read a whole chapter, watch something even for an hour, like pay full attention. Don't be doing something else. Like listen it's to this whole podcast. <laughs> it's some, yeah. Listen to this whole podcast. Like it's something you actually have to train because when we're used to getting these little third 90 second, you know, tweets and inf of information, these little sound bites, our brain gets used to this little kind of dopamine wheel, these little quick hits of dopamine. Whereas paying attention to something for an hour, you might not get the little quick hit of dopamine but you'll get a hit of dopamine in the end when you complete it. So it's a more long range dopamine hit. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I think having boundaries on limits and technology, like I even for myself, like, I, I mean, I wish we were sponsored by this app, but there's this app called Opal, <laughs> Opal, like the crystal, O-P-A-L, which I installed because for those who use the iPhone app, you can put limits on certain apps. You can just skip it if you enter a password, way too easy. But this one makes it impossible to skip. You can set it. And so I highly recommend if you're someone who spends a lot of time getting that app and set certain points of the day, like when I have to do focused work, I can do a focus session, two hours, I can't check any of the distracting apps on my phone and I can make it unskippable and I'm forced to focus on what I need to focus on. Yeah, ironically, I saw Huberman, obviously, many people are aware of the Huberman podcast. 
And I saw a video today, ironically, on Twitter, <laughs> where he says that in order to really regain your ability to truly focus and have attention, yeah. to develop that muscle, muscle and, and, and maintain it, he said that adolescents, the adolescents and young adults, should only be on the phone for maximum one hour a day. Wow, yeah. And adults for maximum two hours a day. Yeah. In order to keep the attention span high and the ability to focus healthy. I agree. Actually. Wow, this is big. Yeah. Right? I totally agree. Because he also said the same thing is that people complain so much about not having success in their life, not making enough money, not having this, enough time, on, or relationships and what, but they don't even have the foundational necessity of concentration, focus, and attention to give attention and focus to these matters. Exactly. And then look at how that shows up in human relationships. It's like if you can't sit with someone and pay attention to them and attune to them as they're talking, if you just keep getting distracted and wanting to check your phone, you know, that also affects your relationships too. True. So, and that's, and then, and then when they offer you a perfect AI hologram, it's going to be very alluring to have exactly. like, okay, why do I, the hologram doesn't care if I'm checking my phone, yeah, and you also, know? I mean, we talked about this before, it goes also into the, 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 the filters, the apps, you know, the whole idea of, of beauty is being distorted and then the self-image, body dysmorphia, it's, it's a, it's, it's a rabbit hole. There's many right? aspects of this. Yeah. So, but anyway, so. What it comes down to that the splitting of humanity is happening without a doubt. It's clearly it's happening. And um, we go deep into the, in the second hour. We just now talked about understand the concept of frequency, resonance, vibration, because that will determine your FRV, what realm you inhabit. And it will also draw you to certain places. Will you repel you from certain places or certain people? And it goes, ultimately, the higher your frequency, your resonance vibration, the more you're connected to your soul being, your essence, the more you align with divine will and your deeper soul purpose. And you will be actually very much supported and more. you will actually do create more harmony within yourself and the world. Yeah, and this involves actively engaging in psychological and spiritual self-work. So, you know, there's many different modalities and tools. It involves, especially if you're dissociated, which is another keyword for Aquarius, healing trauma so that you're back in your body again. When you're back in your body again, learn how to feel your emotions again, be present with what is, be able to feel into your emotions, let go, engage in shadow work so that you can understand where you project your shadow, your negative shadow onto others, your positive shadow onto others which basically helps you connect to self and connecting to self will make you understand your soul purpose. Like a lot of people, like perfect strangers sometimes ask me, you know, like, what am I supposed to do here? What's my purpose? It's like, I don't know. You need to actually go inwards to get to know yourself to find out what that is. No one else can do this for you. No one else can tell you how to do it. That's an aspect of almost externalizing the process. Um, and then also using technology wisely, you know, the necessity to really set boundaries if you have these sort of addictions so that you can take time and reconnect with yourself as well. Um, and it's really bringing forth your true nature and then ultimately connecting to the divine and developing, you know, there's a necessity to understand spiritual science, even psychic arts to counteract the materialistic age. And I do think the emergence of spiritual science could be an aspect of Pluto in Aquarius too. Mm -hmm. All right. So with that being said, in the second hour, we talk more about topics we can't really speak about in the first hour. 
Um, so we dive deeper into the mRNA technology and the vaccine, how that ties into the transhumanism agenda and the splitting of humanity, the dislodging of the soul and, and entrapment in the afterlife, which we have alluded to before, Thomas Meyer's work and others. But we only dive deeper into that and really tie this into this current uh, agenda of transhumanism, which is becoming more obvious, especially because recently it's very fascinating. France has criminalized any criticism of mRNA medical treatments. It's punishable up to three years and in prison and $45,000 in euro. Yeah, and I also want to speak to, there's also other ways that are becoming very popular and reaching epidemic pr proportions that can dislodge the soul, like the pharmaceutical epidemic, yeah. especially psychiatric drugs. There's a fentanyl epidemic. There's also the drugs that they put you on to get off of fentanyl, which are also, I've been on them myself, can also make you feel like you don't have a connection to your soul anymore. So there's multiple factors behind this. Yeah, and then also how a spiritual vacuum and lack of spiritual aspiration actually creates the right conditions for the transhumanist takeover and those hostile forces. And then we also touch upon how this actually relates to Atlantis and ancient Egypt and our karma connected to that as well. So if you're not really already a member to have access to the second hour, you can sign up at my website, veilofreality.com slash membership, or look at the menu under membership, and then you will have access to all the second hours of over 120 episodes so far. And we'll be right back. Thank you for listening. <laughs> 